You've survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the Black Man with the Gun Show, Heart and Soul. This week on episode number 335, big words, Masada Ayub, talking about the MAG-40 class and the lessons that I learned. Philosophy about right and wrong. Black women in guns. Interview with Maryland State Delegate and Police Officer Michael McDermott. Interview with Survivor, Victims Advocate, Second Amendment Supporter, and Author Nikki Gosser. This show is dedicated to my friend James and law enforcement officers everywhere. We're talking about reasonable people. All this and more coming up next on your favorite Righteous Podcast. This is the podcast for the cool people in the gun community. I talk about and to newsmakers, producers, and things that matter to law-abiding, fun-loving gun owners like you. I love America, the freedom, the music, the people like you and me. I know what you're going through. I'm your friend and brother from another mother. Encouraging and trusted content from the guy known around the world as the black man with a gun. This is what cool sounds like. I'm Ken Blanchard, and welcome to the Black Man with a Gun show. All right, this week we're going to try to help our brother up. And that's with knowledge, that's with encouragement, that's with whatever I can think about in the next 45 or 46 minutes. We got music from Bones Hooks. Tyrone Shoes, my guitar teacher, is going to play some music too. And uh, we're talking about the reasonable person, not an average person or a typical person. Instead, the reasonable man is a composite of that person in the community and how they would act in a certain circumstance. Shout out to Conceal and Care Network, Crusader Podcast Network, The Holster Site, Bulldog Leather, Vector Bullets, as we wind down in these carefree days of summer. Kind of bums you out too, right? Back to school though for some people. I went to school with this MAG-40 class. I'm going to tell you about that. Doing all right, though, making the best of a situation and uh, trying to tighten up where I'm loose and loosen up where I'm too tight. Watch out there now. I want to thank all those who retweeted this last week and uh, showed it on uh, Google Plus and Facebook. You know, you can find me at BlackManTheGun1 on Facebook page. On Twitter, I'm just Ken Blanchard. That's Ken with two N's, not to be confused with Dr. Ken Blanchard of the One Minute Manager. Don't want to cause the doc any grief. This is the Black Man with the Gun. I got mentioned in ForbesMagazine.com or Forbes.com. I'm like that lesser of two evils. I'm not Coleon Noir. I'm that other guy. I'm the OG, the old gunner. Yeah, that's me. It has been an interesting summer, even though it's coming to a close. As a self-employed black man, scary sometimes, exciting other times. It's promising, it's stressful, but I'm doing it all with you. Here's John Wayne with our Pledge of Allegiance, and we'll get cracking. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Yeah, every day I'm learning, it's always better to give than to receive. Everything I need to know, I learned from Noah's Ark. Eleven Steps. First one is, don't miss the boat. Sometimes we just do. Number two, remember that we are all in the same boat. 
That's why I'm asking you how you're doing, and I'm hoping you're doing all right. If you need somebody to talk to, if you want to call, I got a toll-free number. Leave a voicemail. I'll get back to you. If you tell me, hey, man, I need to just talk to you, I will. That's what I do. A little, little, little bit different than anybody else. Number three, plan ahead. And know it wasn't raining when Noah built that ark. Number four, stay fit. When you're 60 years old, somebody may ask you to do something really big, and you want to be able to do it. Look down at your stomach. Yeah, you're not by yourself. I got to do the same thing. Number five, don't listen to the critics. There's so many snarky people on Twitter and Facebook. They get off on just being nasty and negative. Just get on with the job that needs to be done. Mass told me a life lesson. And I wrote it down um, about bricks and goal setting. I don't know if he intentionally meant to do it, but I took a lot out of it. Be task oriented in that whole goal oriented thing. You know, everything's just one brick at a time. Those get-rich-quick schemes just don't seem to work. And the longer you live, the longer you see the same stuff come around. Focus on the task. Yeah, I got that out of that, that class. I'm going to talk about that, too. But that's just one of those little tidbits. Number six, build your future on higher ground. Yeah, sometimes you got to look high up. Number seven, for safety's sake, Travel in pairs. Yeah. Number eight, speed isn't always an advantage. The snails were on board the ark along with the cheetahs. As long as you're on the boat, that's what counts. Number nine, when you're stressed, float a while. Number 10, remember the ark was built by amateurs, the Titanic, by professionals. And number 11, no matter the storm, when you're with God, there's always a rainbow waiting. And for those sisters and brothers who don't believe as I believe, we'll talk about that too. But you got to have a belief system. You got to have something even as just you believe in yourself. Remember, this show is sponsored by CrossbreedHolsters.com and ErgoGrips.net. Ready for that? CrossbreedHolsters.com. Often imitated, never duplicated, handcrafted in the USA. Home of the lifetime warranty and a triad-free guarantee. Crossbreedholsters.com. All right, last week we had Masada Ayub in person talking about the Masada Ayub Group's 40-hour class, MAG 40, on threat management. This week I want to tell you, after I actually completed the course successfully, which I actually was worried about for a minute, uh, I want to talk about the class. I do recommend it. Highly. So if you got to stop the recording right now and had to run out of the room because the house is on fire, take Mag 40 if you get a chance. I spent the 40 hours with, with Moss more to be in his presence than to take his class. I am learning that it's some people you just want to be around and glean from them, from life's experiences, from how they interact with people, how they talk to people. Um, how they, the knowledge they have, they can pass on. I'm not necessarily into, even though I received it, all that he taught. I mean, he gave out some dynamic stuff. I mean, he took me back to, to the FLETC, to Federal Law Enforcement Training Center class I took. He took me back to stuff that I forgot in the academy. He took me back in a, to a good place. And, but I wanted to, to be around the man. As 
We all are. We learn from people. We don't really learn from books. You learn the stuff that you hear that can imprint on you. And that's what counts. It was a good class. I had ADD, though. I didn't want to sit still for 40 hours. It was about half and half. I think 20 hours we were actually sitting in the classroom. And this classroom was the old metal chairs at a range. And I have gotten soft. I prefer the highest quality everything I can get. I got champagne taste now. And the beer just won't cut it. That's just me. So I was stuck. Well, when we were shooting, I was fine. Even though I shot worse as time went on. And I'm not quite sure if it's just me and the gun or the gun. So I'm going to do a little tweaking to both and make sure that next time I go out to the range, I won't uh, disappoint myself. That's what I did. I didn't uh, max the course out like I wanted to. So that I was kind of bummed out. When I was going through the police academy for the first time, I heard terms like homicide and manslaughter, malice and murder. And CYA meant to cover your butt, not can you articulate it or can you uh, authenticate what happened so that you're not serving time in prison for saving your daughter's life in your own home. It wasn't easy for me to sit still, but the videos and the war stories that shed light on most of this stuff was relevant. These classes actually made me reconsider my view on capital punishment because I learned that the court system is okay, but it has people in it that makes it less than perfect. The court is not fair, right, or absolute. Criminals accept the hazard of an armed citizen. They prefer not to encounter you, but having a gun is not a talisman to ward off evil. Just having one won't save your life. Better to have one, though, than not. Learn some good stuff, like the real power of the gun is the choice to shoot or not to shoot. Mass says, don't let the trigger pull the finger. I learned his uh, stress fire techniques and some words I haven't heard since college. Exigent circumstances, furtive movements, ability, opportunity, jeopardy, conflabulation, prefabrication, articulate suspicion, probable cause. Mm-hmm. When the last time you used that in a sentence? About a preponderance of evidence. Kinesiology. Many of us carry firearms for our personal protection, for our self-defense of our families. But how much of us understand about deadly force, that degree that a reasonable person believes is or considers will stop death or serious bodily harm? How many of us think about or talk about justifiable homicide, excusable homicide, manslaughter, malice, murder in the first and second degree, capital murder, felony murder? Did you know there were that many types? Yeah. It's good to educate the mind too. Doctrine of necessity. Manifest intent. Disparity of force. Man, that stuff made my head swim. But because of the way I'm hardwired, if I'm around people who are articulate in their speaking, it raises my level of, of my dialogue as well. And I really appreciate that. I was thinking, yeah, I should just listen to, uh, to, to Mass before I preach. And depending upon the audience, they'll think I've been to Harvard or Yale. 
We talked about bad advice, too. And there's so much of that going around. Do you know you actually can go to jail for giving bad advice? Mm-hmm. Some of that old conventional wisdom is rubbish. You know, that stuff like if you shoot him, make sure he falls inside your doorway or drag him back into a house and put a knife in his hand. You know what the forensics they got right now? Ever watch Dexter? Scientists can find out everything you did. And you'll just add to your misery if you do any of that stuff that people say. I just got off a boat with some old guys and one of the guys that was on the boat made that same comment about, yeah, if I, sh- I shot that guy, I'd make sure he had a knife in his hand. And we had just gone over that last weekend in the class. I was like, wow, that stuff is still floating around. If you spend money to buy quality handgun, quality rifle, quality shotgun, you buy good ammo. You know, defensive ammo is different from target stuff. You take all the time to read, to learn. Make sure you get the knowledge about the law. There are too many good people that end up on the wrong side of the law because they can't defend. They can't account. They can't CYA. They can't articulate it. And they end up talking themselves right into a jail cell. That's what I learned. Being right has nothing to do with it. I mean, there were just so many nuances of stuff like on your self-defense gun, you don't want to have that little image of a punisher on the back of it. You don't want to have let God kill him. You know, what, what, was, what was that phrase? Let God kill them all or kill them all Let God sort them out. Yeah, that's it. You don't want any of that crazy macho stuff to haunt you in court. The armed system has been forced to shoot in self-defense. You're going to be fighting for your life in the court. You probably won't spend that night at home after it happens. You're going to have to make decisions whether to keep silent or explain what happened. And then if you explain what happened, which you probably should, you're going to need to know what to say. And then you're going to want to have a good self-defense attorney, not a criminal lawyer. I mean, it was just so much stuff. The stuff that just kind of flow out the sides. I mean, it was it was stuff. There wasn't like any notebook or anything that there was. You, had, you took notes, but there was just so much that came out of Moss and the videos and the stories. And then, of course, there's the classroom. There's always knowledge in a room that you have to be in an environment to learn. Good stuff. Good stuff. One of the best parts of the class was being able to talk to my classmates. Gun people still rock in my book. They're just funny and good to be around. This class was so intense and so long in length that by the end of the day, I didn't really want to talk. But I did meet a couple of folks that I found out were probably my neighbors and um, hope to hang around them a little bit more. So a big shout out to Kevin. If you carry a gun or keep one in your home for self-defense, take this class. Moss says wolves do not fear rabbits with guns like that. One of the key takeaways for this class is that if you are successfully or if you successfully complete this class, you got an expert witness and a friend you can contact if things go south for you. I want to shout out to Carter and Andrew to the English family. Had a guy there that brought his sons to take this class, which is huge, man. I got mad respect for you for doing that. To Brian and Bill and JD and Milt and Matt, Glenn, Luke, 
Joe. Thanks, man. Thanks for being, um, you know, just being you. And to Gail and Ken, thank you again for helping me understand some stuff. And of all things, Moss, thank you, dude, for just being you. Appreciate you so much. All right, my next guest is Nikki Goser. Now, we didn't meet on great circumstances and that the reason that we even met was because she was the victim of a violent crime. She has taken that tragedy and trying to triumph from it now. She's the author of a new book and she is still healing from the hurt. And she made me want to sing a song after this thing is over. Nikki, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, Ken. Tell me about your book, your new author. Congratulations, too, by the way. Yeah, thanks. Um, you know, I never thought that I would ever be writing a book. Of course, I never thought that I would have to go through something um, like I went through. Mm-hmm. But I felt like it was important for the public to hear from the victim of a violent crime who does not blame the gun used in the crime but rather blames the murderer and those uh, who legislated me out of my right to protect my husband. And the book is titled Denied a Chance, How Gun Control Helped a Stalker Murder My Husband. And I hope that the public can learn something about, you know, the dangers of, of some forms of gun control and how they can create situations where law-abiding good people um, are basically sitting ducks and unable to defend themselves. This thing has kind of taught you about the law a little bit too, hasn't it? Oh, absolutely. But like, I knew very little about the. I knew very little about the criminal justice system before going through all of this um, with my husband's murder. But I have learned the hard way that you know. We're supposed to have the greatest criminal justice system in the world, but I'm here to tell you that it's really not a justice system. It's just a system. Hmm. What what happened that made you think like that? Um, you know, the death penalty was never put on the table for um, Ben's murderer. That disturbed me because I felt like it fit the criteria for that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a supporter of the death penalty. I just am. I think that if you take an innocent life intentionally, uh-huh. I think that you should face the ultimate justice. And, you know, I think that you should have to uh, answer to God for that. And I don't want someone who is dangerous to society out here walking our streets one day. And unfortunately, the man that killed my husband, Ben, is going to walk free one day. Uh, They tried him on first-degree premeditated murder, but the judge dropped it to a lesser charge of second degree. In the state of Tennessee, that's only 15 to 25 years. He ultimately got 23 years. So... I have to live with the fact that this man is going to be free one day, and that concerns me a great deal. Yeah, I can see that. 
coping is, is never easy. Um, I know you as a strong woman. What advice would you have for other people who are going through stuff? You know, I think that um, you have to have a strong um, family base and, and base of friends, people that care, people that can kind of circle the wagon and, and hold you up and encourage you and and just help you. It's, I think that's so important is having a good support system. Also, for me, was my faith in God. I know that... Um, at times, you know, there's definitely been times where I've thought, you know, why, why did this happen, and why doesn't God, you know, answer my prayers, and, you know, we don't understand at the time um, why horrible things happen to good people, but I have to believe that this was not a part of God's plan. I don't believe that this was God's plan for Ben. I believe that there is evil in this world, mm-hmm. and I believe that God is extremely upset that this happened. And ultimately, I think that something good can come out of bad things that happen to good people. And I hope that uh, myself trying to educate the public about protecting themselves and their families might one day help save some innocent person. Oh, I know it is. It's it's already doing it. You you're already involved now in in law or criminal justice or you kinda you're in that occupation now? No, actually um I am a legislative assistant for the House of Representatives um at the Tennessee legislature. Okay. But I'm hoping hoping one day um, to maybe possibly go to law school. Um, I'm pretty interested in being a uh, criminal prosecutor, but it's been 13 years since I was in college, and I don't know, that's a lot of work to get back in the swing of things, and then, you know, student loans and coming up with the money to go to law school. So we'll see what happens, but right. um, it would take a lot of hard work. And you could. You're not afraid of hard work. You could do it. I'll cheer you on from over here. <laughs> <laughs> My Tennessee sister, you just keep on doing what you're doing. Don't don't lose hope. Don't lose faith because you're, you're doing it. Um, the book is available. How can we get it? Sure. The book is available on Amazon. And you can also find the book through my website, denytachance.com. Denytachance.com. And how do we spell your last name? My last name mm-hmm. is D O E S E R. Okay, it's Nikki Goser. Yes. All right. Some good stuff in Tennessee. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> well, Nikki, thank you for your time. I appreciate you being candid with us. And if there's anything I can help you with, just just give me a buzz. All right. Thank you again. Thanks so much. All right. And until next time. Um, We'll talk to you later. All right. Thank you.
As a rule, the gun-owning women of color don't taught that element of their lives. Black women shoot, hunt, compete, and collect guns like everybody else, but they don't disclose it publicly. What I call the saviors of black America have had to do so without publicity, fanfare, or much support from anyone. They are the ones who get abused in the media. The ones who are used or pimped in front of politicians There are established cultural protections they've learned not to tell anybody about. We live in a warped society, and they don't share that information based on their experience. They know they need to protect their identities because of employment. For a lot of them, they are in law enforcement. They are prior military. They have families, a tradition of hunting and shooting, and they just know it's easier not to tell. According to an article by my friend Lynn, who writes for GunRightsMagazine.com, Women are a rapidly growing market for firearms and firearms training. Women generally fall into one or two categories, nervous or ready to jump in. Ready to jump in, ladies can start just about anywhere. The nervous women thrive in a more supportive and relaxed introductory environment. And that's led to a boom in the women's only training classes. Now through evolution, women's training has found a new outlet. Sometimes people will try to put women against men. Well, not sometimes. They do it a lot. When we're on the same team, I just realized that just about all the women I know, black, white, 
black, white, brown, green, are gun people. And for most of them, it's not their primary concern. Their mothers, their doctors, their teachers, their career, whatever. So they're not really championing the right to keep and bear arms like I do, but they support it still. You'll find many black women that shoot in law enforcement or the government. They were former military or they have spouses involved in the shooting sports. Some women even shoot competitively. Believe it or not. And just for fun. To all ladies that I know, thank you for being my friend. Thank you for keeping in contact. And if you want to find other women in the gun world, check out womensoutdoornews.com. My friend Barbara and a host of people that I talk to on a regular basis are there. Womensoutdoornews.com. You know, after I took this class, the MAG-40 class, it made me think about morality and ethics. And Moss made a statement that he doesn't think teach morality, he teaches ethics. As a pastor, I do preach morality as it relates to the Judeo-Christian community. And I now realize that that's becoming more and more of an enigma. I just understood why people do and act the way they do. I had an aha moment, you know. We're all operating from different systems, even though we don't know what system that's it. If you're not a person of faith, i.e. deny God, then your version of right and wrong is based on your own moral resources to know right from wrong. It's all based on your own human insight and reason. Never really thought about it like that. But when you have all these different types of people who come in contact with you through crime, through violent actions, and you wonder why things are as they are, how can somebody even think about how can a crime be committed? How can that person take a life? How can they steal a child? How can they? Well, because there are no fixed moral sources or standards. There's no consensus. This logically leads to a world where everyone makes up their own moral code. There was this guy on the radio I couldn't stand. He used to say, everything is everything. Which, if everything is relative, then the ethical choice in every circumstance is essentially up for grabs. Ethics are reduced to experiments, opinions, preferences, or theories. If there's no real right or wrong, only wise or unwise choices based on the situation and desired outcomes. So what we get is what's popular. A humanist can say, as long as they pursue things that are healthy and socially useful, then it'll be reasonable, pleasurable, or the result in happiness, but that's not necessarily the case. The person that believes in evolution for ever improving reality for their system can't really go with that one either because evolution is rooted in the survival of the fittest. And everybody has an end well, that one. It's not fair at all. The results of competing concepts of what right and wrong are, I believe, is what is wrong with society now. It's old-fashioned to believe in God, maybe, but folks have basically made themselves their own gods for those who don't believe. And if any man is the final arbiter of right and wrong, then what's wrong? We all can't be right. And if being wrong doesn't bother you, that's a whole different conversation. Now, I got all of this sitting on the porch, just chilling after this MAG-40 class talking about crime and destruction. And it's not even a my way or the highway thing for me. It's just something that I was just thinking about. This is 
just Ken's observations, just a commentary. Folks are not going to do what I want them to do, and they're going to do what they want and learn or not at their own paces. I know it's different strokes for different folks. What just seems like such a waste of life in so many cases. You ever think about all this like this? I know Socrates said that an unexamined life is not worth living. And I'm just saying. Just thinking. Thanks for listening. All right, our next interview is actually taken at the range. Law enforcement officer and state delegate, Michael McDermott. Range was kind of loud, but it was fun. It was good times, and it was just nice to talk to this guy. All right, I got the privilege to interview Mr. Mike McDermott. Man, welcome to the show. Hey, good. Thanks for having me. Man, you are a state what? State delegate in Maryland. For what uh, region? Uh, for District 38, which is Ocean City, the whole, the eastern shore area, the last three counties. So, And you're pro-gun. Absolutely. We're actually at the range. Yeah, we're at the range. This, this is a range, and this is what I've done for a living. So I've done a lot of training, and uh, I've been in law enforcement for 34 years. And uh, so it's been life, you know. And uh, uh, the, as far as the, the Second Amendment issues go, I don't think there was a, a bigger advocate than myself. And, you know, some of the other guys really fighting hard this last session was terrible. I know, man. I know. You know exactly what I'm talking about. But, you know, the, the beauty of that is now we're getting ready to find out here in a couple of weeks what the skinny is, how they're going to interpret, you know, the law. The law that we now that we've now have to deal with. Now we got to figure out how they're going to interpret it, and I'm not looking forward to that. What should be our next move as gun folks? Well, I th- I've always told everybody else. I said the next move is 2014. So if if there was ever a time that Marylanders needed to rise up and decide that they're going to make a difference, it's to take back some Senate seats in 2014. We know dealing with the, the, the having the governor's office is great, and having some more delegates is wonderful, but there's 46 senators in Maryland. Right now, there's only 12 that consistently are going to be you know with you on the gun issues, and we've got to change that. So you've got to get at least 17 in there that you consistently can stop stuff in the uh, in the Maryland Senate. So right now you've got 12. You got a little. You got a little bit of work ahead of you. But that's a good pathway for us to take. And if we don't change it next year, then Maryland's going to the dark side of the moon. And I think everybody figured that one out this year. What's it like being in politics in Maryland? Uh, it's a challenge. It's if you have conservative values, if you believe in uh, the Constitution, and you support. You know the founding principles that, that the country lives, you know, has lived by for generations. It's a challenge to be up in Annapolis. Um, you know, our values on Eastern Shore uh, are oftentimes overlooked, uh, as they are from people from Western Maryland or Southern Maryland. Uh, the, the, some of the uh, rural areas around this state feel like there's a war on rural Maryland, and our values are at risk every time the, the General Assembly's in session. So it's a great challenge to go up there and represent the people that puts you up there and fight against the values of a couple of urban areas uh, that really don't understand our culture, our way of life, or what's important to us. If we want to contact you, how can somebody who's interested in supporting you help? They can go, uh, you can go right online to uh, uh, delegatemcdermott.com. And, uh, and I'll be happy to you know reach out to them. They can sign up for a, a newsletter we put out. We let people know what's going on. It's a big hallmark of our, of, as far as I'm concerned, is communicating with people. And if they just go to DelegateMcDermott.com, uh, Google it, look it up. It's all out there. And, and I'll be happy 
uh, to communicate with anybody, especially anybody from other districts. You know, I get a lot of people. i got gun, gun owners calling me from Montgomery County, Prince George's County, saying, hey, my delegate, my senator won't help me with a carry permit issue or whatever. I have been really successful working with those people. And I told them all, I said, look, I'm a state delegate. You know, that no, I'm not a Worcester County state delegate. I'm, I'm a state delegate. So if you need help, call my office, and we'll make sure that we get you all the uh, consideration that you deserve. Man, that's some good stuff. I'm telling you, you actually inspire me right now. I'm thinking about maybe I should get into this thing and undo some of the PG stuff that's happening. Wait, I wish you would, Ken. I mean, you know, you got to get people involved. You, you need people that have some passion, that are willing to stand up. You don't have a lot of that in Annapolis. You know, most people are very, uh, they always are erring on the side of being politically correct. They're, they're worried about what people are going to think if they stand up and express these values. That you know, in this state, most people share our values. The problem is, is that we don't have enough of it expressed in Annapolis. So the more people there are that stand together and express that need, just look at the gun debate. When you see 1,400 people show up at a House committee hearing, to say we don't want you to do this and you see 37 people show up and say we want you to change it and they still change they change it in spite of that it tells you what you're up against on the floor so i need and all the delegates and senators that are there that share these values they need all the help they can get and people have to they have to get engaged with their lives with their wealth you know and with their time because that's what it's going to take to turn the corner in Maryland. If people want to see that change, they've got to invest. They've got to invest just like our founders did. If you and if you can't invest in it, next year's the, the it really is the last year. Because if we keep going and sliding the way that we're going, there is no coming back from it. You're going to be looking at your children's children living in a state that literally doesn't allow guns at all. That's where we're headed. That's if they had seen the original bill that the governor put in and what they wanted people to have to do in this state, it was gun confiscation. It was people coming door to door saying, where's this gun? We're taking it. And if you can't stand and see the writing on the wall for that, then there's no there's not only is there no hope for you as a voter, but you've already checked out of the process and we cannot afford to do that. So my my rallying call is Marylanders take back your state. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Thank you, brother. This portion of the show has been sponsored by ErgoGrips.net. Small arms accessories built for high performance and control. Shooter focused. ErgoGrips.net. Hey, have you visited GunRightsMagazine.com yet? I got about four or five contributors there that are writing some good stuff. They're sharing it from their blogs. They're putting it there. So some of it's exclusive, some of it's not. But it's all good stuff. GunRightsMagazine.com. Got two new authors and a boatload of information, good viewpoints. If you're interested in becoming a member, or moreover, a writer for it, a contributor, send me an email to blackmanwithagun at gmail.com. Don't forget, you can become a member also of the freedomsnetwork.org. It's our backup Facebook site. It's our social media site. Just in case you don't want to put your stuff on their site where who knows where your stuff is going, this one is secure. It's just us. Freedomsnetwork.org. About 325-ish gun rights podcasters, bloggers, activists, gun folks, good gun folks. No trolls allowed. Freedomsnetwork.org. Hey, for a hot second, I want to tell you about the holstersite.com. If you want a custom-made holster out of leather that fits that gun that doesn't, that you made yourself, you kind of added a tack light to it or a laser or something. You just put something extra that doesn't stock stuff, just doesn't fit. Give Mike a call. Check out his website, theholstersite.com. 
he made a beautiful leather holster for my Glock 34 with the tack light and the laser on it. Nobody else was going to do it. Thing is snug as a rug, fits good, wears well. It's the real deal. There's a couple of really good um, entrepreneurs out there, and I'm glad you guys are listening to the show. Also, check out BulldogLeather.com. Clint from BuyerBarrels.com is making some really cool 22 barrels. If you want an AR barrel or a 22 barrel made, check out Buyer, that's B-E-Y-E-R, Barrels.com. He's also a part of the Brownells catalog. And as Chris reminds me to help a brother up, I'm going to make sure I give a little free advertisement as much as I can. Don't forget to check out Conceal and Carry Network, Crusader Podcast Network, and Vector Bullets, makers of 5.56 ammunition. If you have a business and you need a little extra push, give your brother a call. I will try to help you up as much as I can. We're all in this together, making a difference. Also, be on the lookout for a security professional podcast by our man, our friend, Alex Haddix. I think that's going to wrap it up for this week. We talked to Nikki Goser, to Maryland State Delegate Michael McDermott. Talked about the big words I learned from Masa Yub, the MAG-40 classes. A little controversial philosophy about right and wrong. Black women in guns and plugs for your business. Remember, if you need a speaker, tell somebody about your friend and your brother from another mother, Ken Blanchard. It's what I do, and I've been doing it for the last 20 years. Need voiceovers for your podcast, for your show? Consider me. Believe it or not, I just watched The Godfather for the first time this week. And the statement that just kept playing the whole way through, nothing personal, it's just business. Well, this is just business. Let me help you as we help each other up. Shout out to Nikki Turpo, who's celebrating an anniversary of success with Archangel Tactical. All right, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening today. The show notes for this episode can be found at blackmanwithagun.com. If you want to contact me, my toll-free number is 888-675-0202. My email address is blackmanwithagun at gmail.com. If you liked what you heard, please tell someone. Leave a positive review on iTunes, a thumbs up on Stitcher Radio. And until next time, shalom, baby. You don't know me, but I'm your brother. I was raised here in this living hell. You don't know my kind in your world.